I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. Well, hello everybody. Uh, welcome to today's show, Designed to Heal. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Rawl, and I'm so excited today for our guest. Um, I think it's, uh, well, I'm excited because um, she's brilliant and she's gonna share with us information that desperately needs to 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 be out there for our listeners, for us as as Americans to know what's going on, um, but also um, just one of those people that um, I think I, I'm just going to say I just love when you meet just um, you know kind of just level-headed, level-headed, thoughtful, you know, intelligent people that just shoot straight and and just you know are doing the good work. And so we have one of those on today. I was introduced to uh, today's guest through another friend that said, "Man, you've got to see this work. Did you see what she's been doing?" And I, I hadn't, and I was unaware. And so I looked into it and I was blown away and we reached out and she was kind enough to come on today. So we have uh, attorney, a New York uh, state attorney here, um, Bobby Ann Flower Cox coming uh, today. So uh, Bobby Ann, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, I, I, I'm putting you on the spot here, but if you don't mind kind of bragging about yourself a little bit, tell our listeners you know, some of your background, who you are, where you live, and kind of what your work has been doing. And then we'll we'll jump into kind of this specific, most recent um, case or, or, or thing that you've been dealing with. Yes. So um, a little bit of background on me. I've been practicing law here in New York uh, for about 25 years. And um, before COVID, I, my focus on my law practice was um, property tax, certiorari, um, and real estate transactions. So basically property tax certiorari is uh, representing clients, uh, property owners, and going up against the local government, um, the, the towns, the cities, the villages, um, in an event that they were over assessing or overvaluing my clients' properties. Um, so I would just, I would go up against the municipalities to try and get a more fair um, and just valuation for my clients, um, which would then affect their the tax base that they had to pay. Um, so I was pretty used to dealing with government. I've been doing that for a couple decades. And um, when COVID hit in, in March of 2020, um, you know, the, the then governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, said, okay, everybody, we're, we're going to lock down. Everybody stay inside your house. And, you know, we're just going to be we're just going to be doing this for two weeks to flatten the curve. Mm. Um, and when he said that, the hair on the back of my neck stood up, mm. and I just said, there's there's no way. First of all, there's no way this is legal. He can't do this. And number two, um, it's not going to just be for two weeks because I've, I've been dealing mm. with the government uh, for decades, and they don't do anything for two weeks. You know, Bobby, I was I, – when I was – I was thinking about that. I've been watching some of your, your excerpts and some of your work and I, I, I was, it just brought me back and I, I just had that like 
that just like when the movie plays in your mind really quickly. And I just thought, my gosh, I just, when you look at all that's happened in this last, you know, two now, I guess we could say almost three years. I, I, you, I remember that week. I remember that all starting work, of course, down here in Florida, but we still, you know, got, we all kind of got, you know, sucked into that or however you want to say that. And we were all asking these questions. I can't believe it's still almost hard to believe it happened. Right. Like, um, and of course, New York, you were kind of the epicenter, not only in, in, in some sense, all things COVID, but you guys were the epicenter of some of the more draconian or whatever word we want to use. I mean, you guys were pretty intense about this for, for I mean, you really have been in, in, in the hotbed of this for a, for a long time. Um, it had to be, and then you're just your understanding of law. This had to be like, is this really happening? Did you think it would happen or did you just like right away? Did you go, Oh my gosh, they're going to do this. Or did you think the people won't do it? They'll, this isn't going to happen. Somebody will stop this. What was your thought initially? No. So I, I think that, um, the media really had a big role in this. I, I saw people who before March of 2020, I thought were pretty level-headed and, um, you know, just thinkers, right? I mean, you you think for yourself, critical thinking is is something that's really important in in business and in life. Um, But, you know, I think the media just scared everybody so bad that they just, you know, the submission was, was, I mean, unbelievable in my opinion. And it was hard at first to... um, to find people that would even question what the government was doing. Um, Mm. And then, you know, as, as the weeks turns in, turned into months here in New York and the lockdowns were continuing for months. um, That's when people started to say, well, wait a second here. This is, you know, they, they were, the governor here was picking and choosing who was quote unquote essential and who wasn't. So, and, and he was dividing up New York into zones, you know, and color coding them and saying, you know, you're a red zone and you're you're an orange zone and you're a green zone. And and he was doing things like limiting how many people could go into a house of worship at a time. And if you were in a certain zone, like a red zone, you know, the governor, the governor, one person, right, the governor is telling you, well, you can only have 10 people in your house of worship at a time if you're in a red zone. Uh, 10 people. So that included some synagogues mm. that could house 1,000 people at a time, right? Mm-hmm. So here is the governor telling people that they can't go to a house of worship. I mean, <laughs> have you heard of the Constitution? I mean, I mean have you, you had, heard I mean, of I just, religion? That's like, what I mean. Like, that had to be, I mean, for all of us, but then again, just being in your position of, of you know, knowing, we should all know it, but I mean, just what you do for a living kind of a thing. It had to be like, you had to be thinking you were in some sort of like parallel universe nightmare like movie, bad movie. Like, so do you have insight, you know, about how that even happens. And I mean, that sounds like maybe a a poor way to ask the question, but I think we all sit here and we're still unpacking some of this, right? How all this kind of happened or occurred. How does something like that happen? Because he, in a sense, he shouldn't be able to do that, but did it? What happened? Yeah, well, he, he got away with it because, um, in large part, because the house, so here in New York, we have, um, 
I mean, it's it's standard. It's, it's the same as the federal level. But um, our legislature is made up of two houses, right? We have the New York State Senate and the New York State Assembly. Okay. Um, so very similar to, on you know, Congress on the federal level where you have the House of Representatives and the Senate. Okay. So um, both of our houses here in New York are are very heavily democratic. I mean, they have a super majority in both of those houses. So nobody, they're all in the same party, right? And Andrew Cuomo was a Democrat. And, you know, the current governor, Kathy Hochul, is a Democrat. So they're all in the same party. And nobody was going to really stand up to their party head and and say, well, wait a second here, hold on. You know, you can't do this, you know. Mm. Um, and then you bring in the the fear side of it, right? The fear factor is very real, um, and, and, you know, it was all in the name of, well, this is, we're doing this in the name of public health and safety, yeah, yeah. right? Um, which yeah. is yeah. wonderful. I mean, everybody wants to be safe, right? <laughs> of course we do. Nobody wants to be injuring their neighbors or their sure. family members, right? But yeah. mm. you have to do it within the confines of the constitution. Yeah. And I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's a little, you know, we get to see it here a couple of years later, of course, but I mean, you're right. I mean, even though, and I know there's a lot of great, you know, just quotes I've heard, heard over the years of just different, you know, some of our founding fathers and just some great thinkers that, yeah, that, that doesn't mean we, we, you can't throw the, the constitution out the window, even during a time of, of crisis, even a, even a pandemic, if you will. Um, there needs to be these things. So you started getting these calls because of, you know, your, the work that you do and people are calling you like, uh, you know, I'm in a practice. I, so I see patients. So I was deemed essential by even our powers that be. So it didn't, you know, I was able to just keep working, never did, never missed a day, but I certainly had friends and family members and business owners that were not deemed that even in Florida in those early times. So they're calling you and right. And I think what a lot of us were saying, Hey, you know, what if I, uh, and I attended a lot of these kind of rallies for businesses and tried to help them, you know, we supported them and tried to keep them in business and, you know, buying food from them and stuff. You know, can I, can, if I keep my doors open, am I going to get arrested? You know, if I don't, you know, follow the mandate of something, am I going to get arrested? Are they going to shut me down? What's, and gosh, I know there's been some famous uh, kind of cases, I believe in New York and New Jersey, right? With like some gym owners and things like that, that went against it. So you were started getting these calls and, and you kind of were, is this what kind of got you into it? Other than the uh, obviousness of what's happening, but right. So yes, people were reaching out. Uh, they were confused. They were upset. You know, they were being forced to stay in their homes. They couldn't go to work. Um, you know, a lot of people don't have desk jobs uh, where you can just sit at your, you know, dining room table on your laptop yeah. and continue working as if nothing happened. Right. A lot of people do do things like, you know, I mean, you've got waiters and waitresses, and then you've got people that drive school buses, and, yeah. uh, you know, you've got hair salons and nail salons and, you know, sporting coaches, and, you know, you've got yeah. people that really, really are affected when the government tries to tell them, stay in your house and don't go out, yeah. right? So um, I, I really, I just started giving speeches because um, the volume was so great, I, I couldn't speak to people individually. I had to, I had to do it in groups. So I started giving speeches and explaining, you know, this is, this is constitutional. This is not, this is the law. This is, you know, I, people just needed information. Were you hesitant? Like, were you getting pushback amongst, I'm just curious, your friends, your family, even though, you know, you're, you're not, it's, it only seems maybe radical with air quotes because, you know, maybe many weren't doing that. Did you have any hesitation 
uh, like, oh gosh, I'm speaking out. Is there any repercussions or were you just like this? Are you just kind of like, well, it's the right thing to do or was it hard at all? Um, it was hard. It was definitely hard. Um, you know, colleagues, I mean, even, you know, fellow attorneys, um, were, were just, you know, really following the government orders, Mm. um, which, you know, when in a time of crisis, when people are suffering, you know, the suffering I was seeing was, was not because of the virus. The suffering I was seeing was because of what the government was doing to the people. Sure. Um, and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't stand by and watch it anymore. And, and when someone, uh, brought this, this regulation, this isolation and quarantine regulation to my attention, I said, there is no way okay. on the planet I am letting this stand. So it let's, was, yeah, let's get into that. Cause I think this is where some people are going to be, you know, blown away, um, because you know, what you did was so important and, but also in a weird way, it didn't get, at least I, maybe it did, but I didn't, it didn't get as much attention as I thought it should. Right. Once I became aware of it, because this is like the worst nightmare in my opinion, right? Like this is like what we, we, this could be a bad, 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 bad situation. Do you mind giving us, telling us what this, what you're talking about here? Yes. Yeah. So, um, it was called isolation and quarantine procedures and it was a regulation issued by the New York state department of health. Um, under Kathy Hochul, Governor Hochul, and um, what it said was that the Department of Health could pick and choose which New Yorkers they could force to lock up or lock down. So they could have locked you down in your house, or they could have pulled you from your house and put you into a detention center of their choosing. Um, The detention center could have been anywhere uh, you had no say where you were put. Um, you had no way to get out of the detention or the lockdown or the quarantine once you were put in there. And what I mean by that is um, you couldn't say there, – there was nothing in that regulation where you could say, hey – uh, you know what, you think I have tuberculosis uh, or, you know, you think I have monkeypox or, you know, yeah. well, I'll take a test. I'll prove it. Here, look, let's take the test. I'll show you. I don't have that. You know, I don't have COVID-19 or yeah. whatever. Um, no, or I don't have it anymore. Nothing, yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. There was nothing in that regulation that said that you could negotiate your way out. There was no way for you to get out. It was just, you know, the government could lock you up whenever could they, they take wanted you for forced, however they wanted. Could, was there anything written in there about when you, cause when you, you, I mean, and by the way, I know you're not throwing words around loosely here. Like you, this is what it said, right? This, you're not exaggerating. This is the language. Um, no, the was language it, was, was very it, broad. Could they, t- did they say anything about, or is it assumed that when they you know, locking you up or they take you, they can remove you like any means necessary. Did they use that kind of language or how was that written? Um, so they also put a provision in the reg that said that they could use local law enforcement okay. to enforce their oh. orders. Okay. So you literally could have gotten a knock on the door and it could have been the sheriff or the local police saying, you know, sorry, you have to come with me. I have it. I have an isolation or I have a quarantine order issued by the department of health. Um, you know, and there was no age restriction. So they could have done this to you, but they could have done this to your child, uh, or your grandchild or the, to your elderly parent. Um, and the other thing was they, they put in there that they could, tell you what you could and couldn't do while you were in quarantine or isolation. So let your mind run wild with that for a moment. 
They could have taken your cell phone. They could have cut off your internet access. They could have told you what to eat or, or when to eat or or where to sleep or how to sleep or, or what, what not medications. To eat. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, what medications uh, you yeah. could or couldn't take. I mean, it was very broad. Um, the power they gave themselves was astonishing. Um, and there was no due process in, in that reg, meaning due process protections are required to be in, in every law or every regulation that we have. And what that is, is it, it protects the, the people. It protects the citizens so that the government can't abuse their power. Bobby, was, um, was, was there, an, is there, when it's written like this, which is, again, just mind-boggling, is there an author given to that? Or is, do you have, do you know who wrote this? Or do you have a, a suspicion? Like, it seems unbelievable, right? That anybody of any level of, you know, intelligence and understanding of the law, like, you know, would put something like this together and think this would, would pass. And I'm not asking you to be a conspiracy theorist here. I'm just curious. Like, how does something like this even get to paper, you know? Yeah, so so that is an interesting question. Um, this regulation that I got struck down was was written and, and issued by the Department of Health in New York State, but it found its uh, it found its roots in a bill that was proposed um, for the past seven years. So there was an assemblyman from New York City, a Democrat named uh, Nick Perry. And in 2015, he proposed a law which said very similar to this regulation. It said, excuse me, the governor, the Department of Health, they could pick and choose which New Yorkers to lock up or lock down. You know, it was very similar, um, you know, upon, upon suspicion of exposure to a communicable disease. I mean, just very broad language, right? They didn't, they didn't even have to prove you had a disease. Suspicion. Okay. Wow. They didn't have to prove you were exposed. They had, they had to prove nothing. Wow. They could just issue the orders. So um, for seven years, from 2015 through 2021, uh, this assemblyman, Nick Perry, was, was introducing this bill. He wanted this to become a law. And um, including, you know, including during the two years of the heightened COVID. I don't mean to laugh, um, but this guy must be quite a germaphobe. <laughs> I'm just like, what, the, where does the, what, how does a person write that year after year and think that that is a good idea? Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> I won't make you say anything. I'll say it. Yeah, no, but I'll just, I'll just throw in that um, Biden appointed him. He's mm. no longer. Mm an assemblyman here in New York because Biden appointed him to be the ambassador to Jamaica. For real. Yeah. That's a so, good, that's a job well done. We send you to the islands now. There, there you go. Wow. That's so, a true story. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. He's Can't no longer now in 2022, he's no longer an assemblyman because he's an ambassador. Okay. Um, so, 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 so the suspect suspicion, if you will, this language ish had been floating around and then it got into some, got involved this way now. Okay. Right. So then, you know, basically the, the kicker here is that, you know, if you combine the number of New York state senators and New York state assembly members that we have, and you combine the two houses together, you have over 200 members. Um, and not one of them backed that bill. Wow. So you have here the story of how a bill becomes a law 
when the legislature doesn't want to actually pass it, right? They don't want to make it a law. So what happened is that very, very similar language was taken from that proposed legislation made into a regulation in the Department of Health where you don't need to deal with the senators and the assembly members. You just have an agency, yeah. right? Just a bunch of bureaucrats. Yeah. Non-elected officials. It, yep. That's right. And they make it into a regulation. They pass it through. And now it's got the same effect as a law, right? It's a regulation. It, it yeah, has yeah. to be, about, you have to abide by it, right? So, so did that get, ha- that happened? Like that, ended up becoming a regulation and then you fought it. Yeah. 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 So, that was a regulation. So there was, was a, a season. Regu- this thing existed there. There was, it existed since March of 2020. Okay. Wow. And so you get this thing and then you start to do law, law things. <laughs> you, you start to say, well, we got to sue them. We got to file a thing. How did that, how does that go? Yes. I was not made aware of the regulation until the end of 2021. Um, and then that's, when I read it, um, yeah, a a member of the citizens group that I'm representing in this lawsuit, it's called um, Uniting New York State. One of the members had sent it to me and said, is, you know, you have to look at this thing. Like, is this, is this for real? And I read it and I said, Oof, well, unfortunately it's for real, but it is definitely unconstitutional. So, um, so I started drafting a lawsuit and, um, you know, I, I had reached out to some colleagues to see if they wanted to do the, the lawsuit with me because, you know, it'll, it'll go quicker if you've got more attorneys on it. Okay. Um, but, uh, nobody was interested. Um, I'm, I'm doing the case pro bono. So, you know, who didn't want to work for free? <laughs> um, who was saying you got to wait until, the Department of Health starts actually pulling people out of their houses and mm. throwing them into camps. And, uh, you know, I, I said, there's no way I'm waiting until until yeah. they're doing that to people. I mean, I, there's just no way. So I had to be more creative. And um, I thought of using the government against itself. And I um, went to New York State legislators some senators and some assembly members, and I showed them the regulation. Uh, I showed them the lawsuit I had drafted, and I said, the governor and the Department of Health have taken your power. Mm. They, they took the lawmaking power that is specifically reserved to legislators, um, and they made this regulation. I mean, they're calling it a regulation, but really this is a law, um, and they took your power. It's usurpation of, you know, it's a breach of separation of powers. Yeah. And um, some of them didn't want to get involved. Um, but thankfully, um, ultimately, Senator George Borello, Assemblyman Chris Teague, and Assemblyman Mike Lawler. Didn't it be, um, a, didn't it be in bipartisan? Are they, or, or, you know, did you have from both sides or no? No, mm, no. Very okay. sadly, um, all all three of those uh, lawmakers are Republican. Okay. Um, no Democrats wanted to talk about it, and mm. 
none wanted to get involved. Um, you know, it's interesting. We, we talked, you know, for a minute before and, and I don't, and just because I know it's part of your heart, you know, which is, and I can only imagine as an attorney, like, you know, the constant, I just want to say this even for myself, the constitution shouldn't be, you know, <laughs> uh, bipartisan, right? I mean, this issue, issues like this, right? We can have disagreements about other stuff. I get it. Right. You know, and, and, coach shot vaccine, you know, all that stuff, whatever. But like this, these are the ones where you, you, it does break your heart to not see people be able to come together on, on something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, there should be the, you know, the legislators once word got out about, you know, Hey, there's this lawyer, this, look at this, you know, she's trying she's drafted the case. You know, she's trying to get some people to come. They should have all been calling me and saying, I'll come on your lawsuit. Yeah. yeah. Put my, put my name on there. Of course, of course I'll stand up and, and fight for the rights of the people and the constitution. Yeah. And their ability no, to get, you know, usurped the ability for them to get, you know, hijacked their, their abilities. I would have just been, you know, almost out of spite. I would have been mad about that. If I was in their seat. Yeah, well, this is the whole problem. So if you if you allow agencies, like in this case, it's the Department of Health here in New York State, if you allow agencies which are unelected, appointed, right, because the head of the commissioner of health is, sits at the pleasure of the governor. Mm-hmm. So if you allow unelected, appointed officials to make laws or to make regulations that conflict with our constitution or conflict with our current existing laws, you've now taken what's supposed to be an equal branch of government, right? All three branches are supposed to be equal. That's legislative, judicial, and executive. They're supposed to all be on a level playing field. But if you let them, the executive branch, where the, where the governor mm-hmm. sits and where the agency sit, if you let them start making regs that conflict with mm-hmm. the Constitution and our laws, you've now put them up above everybody else. Right. Right? Now they've become an oligarchy. Mm-hmm. Right? So with a king at, at the top, that being, yeah, or yeah. a queen at the top, you know, that being the governor. Yeah. Right? Tyranny, we, here we are. You know? Yeah. Yes. So you, you cannot, you cannot allow separation of powers to be breached. Absolutely not by, by any of the three branches. Sure. Right. Well, you had mentioned something, I think, I don't know if it's something I watched or if you said it earlier, but you know, when you, you talked about the constitution and, and how it came to be, and you, you said a couple of things I just think that were really important. If you don't mind repeating them um, about just in the context of when the constitution was created, because I think that's important for us to hear, you know, as we say, if we don't know history, it tends to repeat its, you know, right. If we don't learn, we can repeat ourselves. You just, do you mind just, you know, just briefly on that about that, the, the, they were so familiar with what they were trying to break away from. And, and I think we've lost some of that, you know, whatever we want to call that, some of that memory of that, because we've gotten comfortable. We've gotten, you know, constitutionally lazy, if I could say something like that. Do you mind just talking about that briefly? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, our constitution was, was written um, by our founding fathers and, and they came from tyranny, right? So they were under the King of England. They felt completely oppressed. They felt like they had no voice in government. They felt like the king was just, you know, issuing edicts with with absolutely no regard to what the colonists' life was like here, right? And they just felt like they had no representation 
in England that they were being taxed like crazy, but they weren't seeing the benefits of the taxing. And so, you know, a culmination of things. And they said, we're done. No more. This is tyranny. We have no voice. We, you know, we have, we have no way to govern ourselves. We can't do this anymore. And so they broke free and they wrote the constitution with that in mind, right? This is, this is the paramount thing that they want to do when they write this document. They want to make sure something like that tyranny like that could never happen again here in this country. And that's how they crafted the constitution. And if you read the constitution, cause you know, in this country we've, we've really, it's, it's horrible, but we've really gotten away from teaching civics in our schools. Um, the constitution should be a class in and of itself, right? It, it should be a, really, it's so important because if it's followed, it's not perfect, but it, but it is a brilliant document. And if it's followed, we do maintain separation of powers and we do have a healthy society where one branch isn't domineering and, and therefore harming the citizens. Because when there's tyranny, it's the citizens who suffer. It's not the people at the top of the yeah. food chain who suffer, right? Yeah. So do, do, we, we really do need to keep the Constitution alive. A lot of people are trying to... Um, just to decimate it. So you were able to get this struck down or, yeah. or removed or, or how does, what's the language? What do you, how do you say it? Did you, you won? <laughs> how do you say it? Right, right. So um, in July, the, the judge ruled in our favor. Um, he struck down the regulation as unconstitutional, okay. uh, breach of separation of powers, um, conflicting with existing law, um, okay. And so he barred the governor and the Department of Health from enforcing the regulation. Um, So as of right now, that regulation no longer exists and uh, the government cannot lock people up or lock them down in New York um, with, with, you know, pursuant to that regulation without any sort of due process. I feel like I want to do like a round of applause. You know, we will put in a, a background of outer, of applause right there. <laughs> but there is so because there's another piece. I know there's a possibility of appeal and they, they've mentioned. But I want to you, I heard you say something and I thought this was interesting. And I, I just thought um, the way you presented it was interesting, too, because there is an existing law or regulation, a quarantine kind of thing that's existed, I think you said for, gosh, 70 years, I don't remember, something like that, right? And I thought that was interesting because you, you said, hey, um, there there are these things, and but it, but it has built into it the due process where, for example, I think it was like if you, you know, you have representation, you would have an attorney. Do you mind just, because I think that's important, too, because I think we're going to see more of this, whether it's just the next you know, you know, fear campaign of some next, you know, COVID scenario or whatever it is, it's monkeypox or it's things we don't know about. So I, I think we're, we're, this is, we're not done with things like this, right? These power grabs. And I think language like this will continue to show up. But I, I also think we're probably going to see more of something like exists where in these certain situations, maybe we would want to quarantine a person. I still personally struggle with that just because I, I do. It still kind of makes me bristle. But if you are going to do that, there are some ways to, to do that, that that do make a little more sense in our constitutional. Um, do you mind just talk? You know what I'm talking about? I, I think. You, yeah. yeah. Do you mind just talking about that a little bit so people are aware? Yeah. So um, it's actually one of the main arguments that I made in the lawsuit is um, 
So in New York State, we already have a quarantine law, and it's Section 2120 of the Public Health Law, and it says that, um, you know, how you forcibly remove somebody from society if they are a public health threat. Um, we've had it for about 70 years, and the, the issue is that that law has many due process protections built into it to prevent the government from abusing its power. The number one thing that you have to do under that law is that you have to prove the person actually has a communicable disease, right? So this regulation comes along and says, oh, well, we can just lock you up or lock you down if we think maybe you were exposed. Yeah, we just, we just suspect it. No, this law says the person has to actually have it. You, you think they have tuberculosis? Okay, well, prove they have tuberculosis, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, the next thing is the law says that you, there has to be an investigation, right? So y- you can't just be subjected to the government saying, well, you have tuberculosis or you have COVID-19 or you have monkeypox, whatever it is. Um, now we're going to lock you up. No, there has to be an investigation. And you do have the right to an attorney. You have the right to have evidence presented against you in a hearing, right? It's hard to do that to be, with 20 million people, <laughs> yeah. right? When they just, yeah. yeah, right. When they try to say everybody we suspect is at risk, so everybody's a threat, so everybody stay home. I mean, hence why they needed to have a law or regulation like the one they tried to propose that you defeated, right? Because when you say that out loud, everybody, I think, in a second realizes, well, even though we don't like to maybe hear some of those things, you realize, okay, that's going to require a lot of energy and resources that the government's not going to just willy nilly, right, go into a community and do that with 100,000 people or a million people. It'd be literally impossible, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they have to, you know, you have to have a hearing in front of a magistrate, a pursuant to the law. And the finding has to be that not only that you have the communicable disease, but that you're acting in a way that's improper and you're purposely harming other people around you. Mm. Right. So you have to actually be a threat. You can't just have a disease and then they say, Oh, sorry, we're going to lock you up because you have the disease. No, you have to be, you know, comporting yourself in a poor manner. You Is that like be, the, you know, the laws I've, or things I've seen and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, but like the, the HIV stuff where you've seen people that are knowingly infecting people. Is that an example of where there's been issues I've seen? where they've tried to say, hey, this person is, or is that different? Well, I mean, that might fall under yeah. the law. I guess it depends on the exact circumstances. Um, but it's it's certainly, you know, this Section 2120 of the public health law is certainly written such that you can't just lock people up willy-nilly. Yeah. You know, there's a process. You have to follow the steps. And if you don't follow the steps, then you're not going to get the end result of, of quarantining the person, right? <laughs> By that so, time, they're not infected anymore, and it wasn't worth it. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, I mean, all perhaps. Better now. I yeah. mean, it's, it's really, it's very upsetting that the government, you know, here in New York State, even tried this. And then now the fact that they've filed their notice of appeal, okay. they want to appeal the, the case. They want to try and over, you know, they want to take it to the next court and try and get the court to overturn it. It's, it's shameful. It's shameful. And they're going to use tax dollars to do that. Do you think right? they have a chance? Well, I, I don't think that the, the judge's decision in my case was very solid. Okay. So I don't think that that would be a decision that is easily overturned. Yeah. Um, but, 
you know, here in New York, so our our trial level court judges are, which is called New York State Supreme Court, um, those are elected judges. Um, but our appellate division judges are appointed. Um, and our top court, which is the highest court in New York State, which is called the Court of Appeals, those judges are appointed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you never know with appointed yeah. judges, you know, they're appointed, right? They don't have to mm-hmm. really be beholden to their voters, uh, their constituents, because they're they're not elected. Um, but it's it's such an important case to to stand. I mean, this decision has to stand because if you, as I said before, if you allow agencies to make regs that conflict with your laws, what what are you doing? What do you you know? Now now you're telling all agencies, yeah. hey, do whatever you want. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You know, the courts will back you up. Don't worry about it. Right. So where do we go? For, so as a, you know, we have listeners all over the, uh, in many countries, but you know, a lot of, of course, in the U.S., what, what would you want to kind of maybe let us know in our state to watch out for? I mean, you know, cause I, I think you're right. I, 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 I'm just thinking about things even in our state here that you never thought about getting, you know, surp, you know, they went ahead and just went right now. Florida, we, thankfully, right now in Florida, we've got a, a great um, a, a, a attorney, a, our Surgeon General, Dr. Latipo, who's doing a pretty good job down here. It ruffles some feathers, but right, he's trying to. So our Department of Health right now feels like they're on on point, but that can change in an election cycle. And I know you guys have a bit. We all have a big one coming up here. What would you? How do you? How do we be good watchdogs? Like you said, even you in the know, doing what you do. This was on the books for a year, year and a half before you saw it. Um, what right. can we do or what do you suggest or what should we be looking for? Do you have any kind of action steps or thoughts for us? Yeah. I mean, people need to be, um, involved and people need to be, uh, aware. You know, I think a lot of people go through their lives and just kind of it's day to day and you're doing your thing. And unless something, you know, stands in your way of doing your daily routine, you don't pay much attention. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it's really important that people start to pay attention and that could be, you know, you, you sign up for a newsletter and, and you read, you know, what's going on um, in your area, like a local newsletter or, or, you know, tune into the right media. You can't, the days of trusting, um, you know, the mainstream media Mm. to report the whole story are gone. I mean, I think you had mentioned before we we came on air that, you know, there wasn't a lot of press on my quarantine camp lawsuit and my win. And you're right. I mean, the mainstream media is sweeping it under the rug. You know, um, I mean, the New York Post did did do a story on it, but um, that was really the only mainstream media that that picked it up. Otherwise, it's been, you know, um, OAN News. Mm-hmm. did an interview with me. Um, it's been a lot of podcasters, the Epoch Times, mm-hmm. um, NTD News, which is Epoch Times. They interviewed me. Um, but other than that, it's it's really just been local radio stations or um, bloggers or podcasters. So I think people need to get in tune with with um, media sources that are alternative and, and mm. not just the mainstream. Listen to everything, but make sure you have a mix in there. You know, you can't just be listening to the mainstream media anymore because they're not doing their job. 
Yeah. You, you, you had mentioned, I think I just asked you, cause you know, I think a lot of us, especially cause I'm in Florida, we kind of look at New York or California sometimes cause they get to get pigeonholed as that, you know, the other, the other side of it, if you will. And I was like, you know, I, so I'd asked you, you know, how is it up there? Like, how do you, you know, how are things going? And, and you had mentioned, you know, it's very real that a lot of people have left. A lot of people have fleet. So, I mean, is there is a sentiment that people are not, uh, even though these laws or these regulations are happening or getting passed or uh, those things, but a lot of people are, are not happy. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you said we can't, we can't do another four years like this. Um, yeah. Anything, yeah. any thoughts on that? Yes, this is a very important election um, on November 8th because um, here in New York, you know, we we have, it's one party rule. We have uh, the governor is a Democrat. We have both the New York State Senate and the New York State Assembly are super majority of Democrats. And, and this is, look at what you've seen now. now. Now you've seen the past couple of years, millions of New Yorkers fleeing. Okay, because the policies are horrific. And so people are saying, well, why, why should I stay here? Are you kidding me? You know, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to live here when the crime is through the roof because of the bail reform, you know, quote unquote, bail reform mm-hmm. law that they passed. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to live in, in a totalitarian state where, where COVID restrictions, you know, two and a half years later, the governor is still saying it's an emergency. And oh. and, you know, putting into place um, or, or not even lifting, you know, some of the restrictions that have been put into place for two years. I mean, people are done with it, right? So, but people need to go to the polls on November 8th and vote and they need to bring friends with them. They need to bring family with them. You know, this needs to be a huge turnout at the polls. Um, and we need to elect New York state senators, New York state assembly members, a new governor, uh, a new attorney general, you know, um, Michael Henry is running for attorney general against Letitia James. And, um, you know, look at the track record of, of Letitia James, our attorney general. Look and see what she's been doing. What have her priorities been? Is that what you want for another four years? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that goes and anywhere, right? No matter what state you're in, I, I just would encourage you. Right. Like, no, I know we get caught up in the national politics sometimes, and, and there's, of course, it's important, but re- realistically speaking, what has a more impact on our daily lives for the most part is our more of our local and state. So, it, you know, it, we, we've seen that, of course, being in our in our state of Florida um, and, and the opposite of, of course, up in, in yours. And the fight's never done. And we're only always one election cycle away from things changing and even our local school boards and things like that. So I uh, I just, you know, I can't encourage that enough. I know a lot of us say, oh, man, I, I hate politics or I don't want to be involved. I mean, I think those days are behind us as well. We just can't. We, yeah. we, we've seen what happens when we've when we just take our eyes off of the ball and we just hope, you know, and again, you know, it's not that I think, you know, people are horrible people, but we, we all, we, that's why that system was built with the checks and balances. That's why the constitution is because, because people are still people, right. And power, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I mean, we have to be aware of these human tendencies. So we don't end up in a situation like we are, where so many people uh, get hurt. And, and oftentimes the people get hurt the most are the people that are the, the, the most marginalized to start with. 
right? The ones that most need uh, people a, a voice and things like that. So um, we're so thankful, Absolutely. you know, that there's people like you that still, you know, um, it was funny. I was talking to, <laughs> I was talking to my wife. I was uh, taping this in the home studio today. And I said, oh yeah, I'm talking about today's podcast. And, um, and my wife, my wife's like, well, what did, you know, what, like how, who was, who was suing? And I didn't know all the different, you know, aspects. And she's like, well, you know, what did, what was, how much was the case? And I said, well, no, she didn't get paid. This, this wasn't that kind of a case, right? Uh, you didn't get, you didn't get any money for winning this one, right? No, it, which is why no. so many people probably don't do these things, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's a big, it's a big issue because lawsuits take time. Um, lawsuits take resources, lawsuits take money. Um, and yeah, I mean that the citizens group that I'm representing, um, you know, they set up a website specifically about the case and, um, you know, there's a donate button on the website and okay. they're trying to encourage people to go to the website and, and give a donation. Cause, um, yeah, this, this has been, I, I, you know, basically yeah. had to put my law practice yeah. to the side in order to do this. case. What is that? I would love, you're happy to promote that. If you don't mind telling us the website so we can support you and our listeners can support you. We, we, we were happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrific. It's, um, www.unitingnys.com. And, um, if you just take a look at the the web page there, there's um, there's a tab about the lawsuit. Um, there's a donate tab, um, and there's there's a lot of information there. Actually, on on the lawsuit web page itself, you can link to the judge's decision, and you can read that. You can link to the um, the judge's decision. Actually, has the regulation in there, so you could read that. Um, you can um, see pictures. We did a press conference, Senator Borello, Assemblyman Tague, Assemblyman Lawler. Um, we did a press conference um, back in the spring when we launched the case. You can see a video of that. Um, we have social media flyers on there that people could download okay. and post on their social media. Um, so Perfect. there are a lot of ways to get involved. Um, if people check that out, uh, unitingnys.com. Well, we are, uh, we're, okay. We are so thankful. And I think if anything, not only just congratulations and thank you for this, but if it helps other cities or states across the U S you know, be a little more aware and realize, gosh, I never even thought that they might, you know, get me from a regulation side through something. Right. So we can, it's another area for local advocacy groups and, and freedom groups and all the different groups that have certainly formed these last few years that are just on the lookout, watchdog groups that are saying, hey, this isn't okay, and let's challenge this and check this out. So if anything, this helps us to be aware. We need to be aware. We need to be informed. We need to know what's going on. We need to know that there's some, you know, powers that be that, you know, have different interests in mind. And and that just helps us be better, better uh, citizens, better advocates, and, and better, you know, uh, representatives for the people. So thank you for your work. I hope, um, I, unfortunately, it seems like you have maybe a, 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 a shift in your career happening. Are you going to ever get back to what you did for 20 years? Or is this the yeah. new, is this your new practice? <laughs> I, I think I think there is a shift now. I think that the um, the need is so great. Um, you know, people have reached out to to say thank you and to show support. And they said, please, please don't give up. You know, please, mm. we need you. Um, we don't have enough attorneys that are standing up for the the Constitution um, and, and the rights of the people. So it's it is super important. And you know, people need to start to 
remind themselves or understand because maybe people don't know that you know the constitution wasn't written to keep the citizens in check the constitution was written to keep the politicians in check so um people need to remember that in as they go through their daily lives um because if something sounds wrong to you you know like the government telling you to do this or not do that or you know it it might be wrong so stop and think you know think critically we have to get back to critical thinking um instead of just you know following blindly because look look at look at what it has turned into right it's turned into people losing their livelihoods i mean those lockdowns were horrific and so many businesses were shuttered for good Uh and can't come back um, people lost their livelihoods. They lost their life savings. They lost a lot. Um, and it didn't have to be that way. Yeah. You know, amen, my friend, thank you for your time. And I, 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 I hate to think that I'll probably hear from you again, but that's only because you'll probably be fighting more crazy, uh, unconstitutional laws out there, but, um, uh, <laughs> keep us abreast. If there's things we'll be praying for the election, uh, of course, on November 8th. And, uh, and for everybody up there. And uh, just take care. God bless. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.